It's a courageous act to say, here's this thing that has defined me for this long. And you know what? I'm going to do something new. I'm going to close it and start a new chapter. So I know we've talked about the, the pandemic and pivots and all of that a lot, but it's this is all tied in about knowing your why and that idea that, yes, it can be scary because it might be telling you to do something different. So how do you find your why? Right. Well, what for me, like one of the things is, to be honest, I think it's harder to find your why these days, right? Because we're inundated. We are getting other people's messages all day long, 24-7, you know, whether it's social media or TV or your, you know, notifications on your phone or your email or billboards. I mean, everywhere you go, somebody else is putting thoughts into your head and it can be easy to be lost. How do you filter through all of that to know what is original thought? Being a circus boss is all about being confident on and off stage. It's about you living more of those powerful moments when time stands still and your audience is captivated and connected and everything feels right in the world. Welcome to the Circus Boss Podcast. This is the space where we talk about all things business and marketing related to circus so you can make those big dreams happen. We're your co-hosts, Brock and Eileen, and we help circus performers and producers manage your business with ease so you can spend more time on the flying trapeze. So if you're a circus boss that's ready for more, hit subscribe and join us every week. Your audience awaits. So in today's episode, We are talking about your why, not the letter that comes right before Z, but your W-H-Y, your why. And I just wanted to take a moment and say, this is a big transition from where we've been. If you've been following us anywhere, uh, whether it's the podcast or our pop-up Facebook group or Instagram or our email list, we've been talking about rates, setting your gig pay rates for months now, honestly, since February. So. For those of you that have hung out with us and you have your rates and you're ready for new, this one's for you. But I I just wanted to mention why we're making this pivot kind of like back to a foundation, right? Because your why is your foundation is because as we've been talking to different performers and our members and people we do one-on-one coaching calls with, we're finding that sometimes it's really helpful to just lift up that hood and go underneath the engine and make sure that all the parts are in the right place and everything is functioning. And looking back and investigating your why is sometimes something we skip. It's part of what you would do if you're building a business. It's part of your mission, vision, values, or maybe if you're a solo performer, it's making your artistic statement, Mm -hmm. right? But sometimes we skip that because we're like, we want to do what we want to do, which is perform. And we know we need pricing to do that. And there's other parts to that. But We just wanted to take a step back and talk about why we think it's important to talk about your why. Right, because it can be really profound to look at things from the beginning. Yeah. You know, so if you've been in the game for a while, it's healthy to go back and revisit your why, your purpose, your mission, because you might be pivoting right now. You might be starting something new because, I mean, look at the reality. Shows have closed companies have closed. You know, we've just been through this pandemic and things have changed a lot. 
And, you know, for us, this is true, which we're going to talk about in just a minute. But I think a lot of people are using this opportunity as a chance to look back at what wasn't working before, what parts were working before. And so it's a great time to sit down and look at all of that and revisit what you're doing and why you're doing it. Yeah, because I I don't know about you, but I had a huge values check in over all of this, too, of like, yes, I looked at like what was working, what wasn't working, what I wanted to change. And it was like, what's important to me as a human being? Because I was just so busy all the time. I like kind of knew these things, but it was just underneath it all. I didn't really talk about it or reflective on it. And yeah, having some forced time off, not everyone had that time off. But for those that did, um, I certainly did. And it gave me a chance to just kind of look at the bigger picture of being a human on the planet and what's important to me. So that's also part of what inspired us to talk about this today is I really want to know from everyone out there, like, have your values changed through this experience? Mm, that's so true. And, you know, I, th I think it's just good to recognize, too, that it can be hard to make a big change. But for a lot of us, it's almost like we get a blank slate, so to speak, because things, you know, for us in particular, really, really shut down, locked down. This was a chance for us to take a look at everything and just make a complete 180. You know, doing something completely different, if that's what you want to do, now's the time to do that. It's the perfect time to innovate, mm, maybe yeah, try, yeah. try doing things a, a little bit of a different way, or just shake it up. And I'm actually excited to see where we go. When, when we look back at this time, it's hard to know now how different things are. We won't really get to see it for the next couple of years. When uh, I grew up in Florida and I've been through a lot of hurricanes and let's say Hurricane Andrew completely demolished a lot of uh, different parts of town and it takes years to rebuild. And as you're rebuilding, it can become something new. So right now we're in this like really raw, fresh state where it may not feel like you're doing something new, even if you are going back to, quote, what you did before, but you're a changed person just by the experience that you've been through. And the circus industry at large, I think this is, you're right, like a time for innovation, a time for thinking about things differently, doing things differently. And I think as we look back three years from now, five years from now, we will see this as a juncture, see this as a point of like, sorry for you hearing the word so many times, but a pivot mm -hmm. to different, different ways of doing things. So I'm, I'm excited to look back. I'm excited to look back on this time, but I'm also really excited to be in this time and just like remember and remind myself and continue to remind everyone else, the sky's the limit. Let's do it differently. What do you want to be doing? You know, you know, what you just said made me think about some feelings that we had when the pandemic first started. And we had this moment as kind of the first wave of the pandemic happened where we started to feel really left out and really behind and really lost. So I also just want to acknowledge if that's you, if you're feeling that way, that's totally normal. And it might seem like life is moving forward, businesses are moving on, but I still think that we're in a point of change, even right now. It hasn't, right. it's not over. You know, I think that we're still, to speak to your point, we're still kind of unraveling and, and figuring out what this has all meant. So even as, you know, Cirque opens back up, events start happening again, I still think there's going to be this period of time where we're all in, we're still all in transition. That's so true, because it, 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 this all happens on your own timing. 
And Hmm. like you said, Brock, that was uh, there was a period of time where I'm going to talk about in a minute why we chose to make our major pivot. But we didn't know that. It took us a while to figure that out. And then we're still building our new business. We're still finding out who are we in the world? What is our contribution? But, you know, as you're creating this, there's this period of gestation in the innovation process where you don't really know that your idea, your concept, or your your intuition, or your your calling hasn't really taken form yet, mm-hmm. necessarily. And that that's what I hear in what you're saying of like, if you're in this place where you, you know, you're changing direction, out of circumstance or out of desire, but you don't really have the form yet, that's okay, too. When we were in that place, it was it was hard. <laughs> it was hard. We're both very like intentionful, purpose-driven people. And to like have a, a period of time where we knew we were leaving one chapter, but didn't have clarity on the next chapter was a, a little bit uncomfortable, but it's okay. Take your time. That's so true. It, it, it happens on everyone's own time frame. Yeah. And so since we've mentioned it a couple times, because we're talking about your why, that's one of the things that really guided us when we decided to close animate objects. So for some quick backstory, we used to run uh, an event entertainment company based in Seattle. I started it in Miami years ago, but it was in Seattle in, in its final incarnation. We ran it for 15 years. And that was our our contribution to the world. That was how we've expressed everything. And that's we did entertainment at events, we did circus, we choreographed everything, we came up with the concepts. So it was like our creativity. And it was our family, we had created an awesome community with all of our performers, and we loved our clients, they were like our family too. And so this pretty much kind of defined who we were as people. If you knew Brock and Eiley, you knew animate objects. If you knew animate objects, you knew Brock or Eiley. And when the pandemic happened in Seattle, we kind of got hit first and our state shut down and canceled all events really fast. So we basically lost all of our 2020 events in four days. Yeah. And that was a massive amount of money to see disappear in four days. And I'll try to keep this short because we all went through the pandemic together, but we were really lucky to work with different business coaches. And we uh, were on like podcasts that were for the events industry on an international scale. So we had perspective from a lot of different people that were helping guide and inform us. And we understood pretty quickly that for our company, in our niche of what, how we make money would be at least a year and a half before we would be making money again. And here we are. It's almost a year and a half. It's almost a year and a half. And the scale and scope of events that we did, we would not have been back to our full revenue state probably until this time next year, at least. So that would have been two and a half years of not having the amount of income that we based our whole business off of, you know, like we crunched all our numbers, we had our expenses, our, the way we ran our business was based on a a certain expectation of the volume and quantity and, you know, price points of events. I mean, who, who, who would thought it would disappear for two and a half years. So anyways, we quickly had to decide what we were going to do. And all of our peers did this super fast pivot to online events and doing virtual events. And we didn't want to. 
it was like nails on chalkboard. It was like, I don't want to do that. And it wasn't like an aversion to technology. It wasn't like, you know, it was an honest, I don't feel called or connected to doing that. And we saw our friends like slaying it. They were like mastering it and it blows my mind. But we had to be honest with us. And so that brought us into questioning why. So when we were like, well, we don't want to do virtual events. I was like, why? Why are we doing this in the first place? Mm -hmm. When was the last time in the 15 years that, that I was doing this? When was the last time that I actually sat down and said, why am I doing this? Right? We got on autopilot. We're like, we're going for the next goal. We're going for the next thing where, you know, like this is just who you are and what you do and, you know, the, what you do defines who you are in the world. And it's this cycle. And I was like, well, why, why am I doing this? And through multiple days of a lot of crying and yeah, a, lot a lot of grief, of, a lot of grief and realizing that we can't have it exactly how it was. So we have to acknowledge that and decide what to how to respond to the situation through those asking of why we realized, well, when we were producing entertainment, either when it was back in the days when I was a performer myself or when I was more of the director, choreographer or even event planner in the end, it was all about creating experiences. And then we're like, well, why? You know, what about experiences? Why are we addicted to creating experiences? And then the word transformation came up, right? And so we're like, well, we love creating transformation. So what's transformation? You start at one point and then through the act of doing something, a person has changed. And then we started looking at the interactions that we had with our performers that we loved working with and with our clients. And we realized that all along we were actually doing education we've made a joke we were like teaching our clients how to design entertainment yeah you know they would call us and be like okay so we want a strolling champagne dress and we're like okay well, what's your theme and like what world are you building and how do you want your people to feel and they're like i don't know we just want a champagne dress show up at 6 30 but we were trying to make it more you know and then even for the performers too there were times that we would have performers i'm thinking of one in particular i won't mention any names but this person did acro and we gave him a speaking role. And I remember that he sent you this beautiful email when we decided to close the company. And that was what he spoke about. It wasn't about the money that he made with us or how many gigs that he did. He was appreciative of the transformation that he got to go through because you believed in him enough to give him a different type of opportunity for him to grow. And I, I know. Yeah. And he, he also said, yeah, we were doing events, but it wasn't just about the clients. It wasn't about the lights. Sure, those things were there. But it was really about this. Yeah, this transformation for mm -hmm. the performers, for us, for the audience. And yes, that's what I loved about choreographing our acts with our performers was like being able to see the the gems, the hidden, the hidden gems, you know, and being like, oh, let's pull that out. Let's bring that trick front and center, you know, something that they thought was inconsequential. I'm like, no, 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 that's the thing. And anyways, through asking why, why do we do this? Why do we keep showing up? What's important to us? Wh what lights us up? You know, we started realizing it was about transformation which then at the heart of it was actually about education. Mm -hmm. We didn't need to have an event to create transformation. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's how we landed on Circus Boss. Well, we didn't land there. That's how we arrived of like, well, how do we continue to work with the with performers and the, the art of circus and the art of creating entertainment as a vehicle for transformation? 
but working with the performers directly, working with the choreographers and the producers and the people that create these experiences to help them harness their why, to help them understand just all the little things that you need to have to make this better, right? Like after 15 years, I learned how to get really good at sales and marketing and, you know, client negotiation and streamlining everything so it's easier. So we love taking all of that and helping people make their job better, succeed more, fly higher, like whatever, whatever the end goal is, it's different for each person. But it's that it's just how when I used to choreograph and act, I could take a person and work with them, get to know their skill set, and then create this act that showcased the best that they had to offer. Well, now we found like, that's exactly what we're doing with Circus Boss with our members and with our coaching students. And that's our really, really, really long story of why we wanted to talk about your why today because we haven't really talked about our pivot and, and why we pivoted from animate objects to circus boss. And it was through asking ourselves some of these questions that we're going to share with you today. We went, we honestly literally went back to our why. Yeah. And it's amazing to make that pivot and make that shift, but it can also be really scary, mm, mm-hmm. you know, and it can also sound trendy or jargony sometimes. Like it, maybe if knowing your why this is hard for you to connect to, that might be why. Because I know, Eileen, you brought up this really great point. You've seen a lot of social media lately where it's like, find your why. Yeah, a lot of people are talking about it now because it's important. And my thing is, let's talk about it. What does it mean? You know, there's a trend on being authentic and it's it's not that we're like poo-pooing on these things because we believe in them too. But when people don't explain what that means, it's just assumed that you know what it means when we say, oh, what is your why? I don't know. I want, I want to kind of break it down and be like, well, what are what does that mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, and you're right also about knowing your why can be scary because back to the point of the whole story with animate objects, sometimes your why might be telling you to do something different than you're currently doing Mm. and really being able to trust that inner voice. Like I I won't go back and tell the whole story again, but I just want to revisit when we were deciding to close animate objects and try something different. I heard a lot of people talking about, you know, applauding the people that have decided to hold on and try to make it through the pandemic, you know, and don't lose faith and basically applauding people that were holding on and saying that people that were deciding to close businesses were giving up. And that just is not true. Yeah. Because yeah, it's a courageous act to say, here's this thing that has defined me for this long. And you know what? I'm going to do something new. I'm going to close it and start a new chapter. So I know we've talked about the, the pandemic and pivots and all of that a lot, but it's this is all tied in about knowing your why and that idea that, yes, it can be scary because it might be telling you to do something different. And so how do you find your why? Right. Well, what for me, like one of the things is, to be honest, I think it's harder to find your why these days, right? Because we're inundated. We're getting other people's messages all day long, 24-7, you know, whether it's social media or TV or your, you know, notifications on your phone or your email or billboards. I mean, everywhere you go, somebody else is putting thoughts into your head and it can be easy to be lost. How do you filter through all of that to know what is original thought? Yeah, that's a really good point. Like, where did the other people's thoughts that I see everywhere else end and my true thoughts begin I started noticing this when I was in college. 
because I went to a conservatory, New World School of the Arts, for dance. And it was really ingrained in me, it was part of the teaching, that the ultimate like goal, at least when I was there at that point in time, was to go to New York and dance for traditional modern dance companies like Paul Taylor, Lar Lubavitch, uh, Alvin Ailey, Martha Graham, Jose Limon. Like that was what I was being taught was success. And that didn't really resonate with me. And I was in major conflict because I wanted to be a dancer. I wanted to be successful, but I wanted different things. And I had to like let go of that. I did take that on and I beat myself up because it was like I was in conflict. I didn't want that. I didn't know what I wanted. And I thought, well, let me just walk away from dance. I don't want to be a dancer. Wow. Because I didn't want someone else's why. Yeah. But I didn't know how to find my own why. And it did take me a year or two. I did step away from dance and performing in general before I could find my own why again and figure out that, no, I can create my own version of success. And it's the same thing with circus. Like how many of you, when you tell someone you do circus, they're like, oh, do you want to work for Cirque du Soleil? And some of you do. And that's awesome. But for the ones that don't, it, doesn't it get tiring and old? You're like, no, I don't have to do that. That's not the only version of success. But at some point in time, that might have been. You might have taken that on. That's somebody else's opinion. That's somebody else's why. And so how do you know if what you're working towards is really, really, really deep down inside your why and what motivates you? Or is it what you've learned from your coaches and your teachers and your your family and the media? And that, you know, it's like, how do you separate your thoughts from stories that yeah. you read and hear all the time? And you're so right. There are so many stories that just fly at us. So many different things or people that we can be. It's almost like you're in a Keeping Up with the Kardashians episode. Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. But for me, to kind of get to that point, it's it's about me having a personal connection with what I'm doing or where mm -hmm. I'm heading. And when I don't have that, I really flounder and flail mm -hmm. and I get lost. So to me, having that personal connection is really kind of what anchors me to what I'm doing and where I'm heading and where I'm going. And that's also tied into what's important to me and my values as well. Like if the values aren't in alignment and if it's not in the same direction that I'm going, it's hard for me to find fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And I thought it would be really fun. I found this really cool quote when I was researching more about why and purpose. And this is a quote from a business leadership speaker. Her name is Dr. Margie Worrell. I think it puts a unique perspective on your purpose. And I love this analogy. She says, your life's work sits in the intersection of your talents, your skills and expertise, your passions, and your deepest values. Mm, so if you think mm. about those like a compass, right? Maybe your talents is to the north, your skills and your expertise are to the west, your passions are to the south, and the deepest values are to the west. And if you just slowly scoot all of those forward to each other, where those overlap, is where you are living a purposeful life. So thinking about this in the context of your life's work as a performer or more generally in circus, looking at what motivates you as a performer or a coach or a business owner, you know, what lights you up? And it's about more than just being able to do the skill on an apparatus or performing a trick. It's about bringing in the passions that you have the values that you have. It's about 
how also those other skills and talents outside of circus. Mm, right, right. Right. How those inform who you are and like how you do what you do as well. So some combination of all of those things brought together makes up your purpose. Or if you want to think of it as like a North Star, that's like the direction that you head. Well, and I love that you're calling it North Star and using compass because one of the biggest things for me that comes up when I think about why is it really has helped me to make decisions, Mm -hmm. you know, of like, sometimes you get these opportunities that come up and it's like, well, you know, maybe when I first started out, I kind of took every opportunity that I could, but then that taught me what I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do. So it was kind of like learning the field, right? And then then you get to have a level, level of discernment. But then there were times that I felt conflicted, like an opportunity would come up and I'm like, I don't know, like, is, do I want to do this or do I not? You know, and like, sure, you can make the list of pros and cons. But like, if you if you have your why written out, uh, almost as like a manifesto, right? Then yeah. it can help you be like, well, is this, does this get me closer to what I'm working towards? Um, or is this like going to take me off in an, another direction? Because not every job is going to fulfill all the areas that are important to you. And so part of this too is getting clear on your priorities, you know, like, cause if it doesn't fulfill all of your needs, then which are more important? It's like yeah. sometimes you might take a job at, at some point in your life where money is not the most important thing. The performing opportunity is more important or the traveling opportunity or the relationships that you build or the artistic fulfillment or, you know, and then maybe later on in your life, if you want to start a family or make purchase a home or something like that, well, then maybe the traveling is not as important or the the artistic fulfillment is not as important. The financial stability is more important. Right. And that's going to change and shift at different points in your life. And this is just another way of saying checking in with your why periodically, you know, throughout your life in different stages can also help you know when to take a job. Yeah. Or or whether or not to take a job, you know? Yes. Yes. And we've definitely, even when we had a business and it was like the, that was the direction that we were heading was running this business. You know, we also use that why as an opportunity when an an event would come up, you know, was that in alignment with what we wanted to do too? Mm. So you can also use it right there in the moment, even if you're on the path you want to be on, but helping you stay even clearer and more direct on your path. Well, and like for a tangible example, there were two events that come to mind right now that we said no to with no debate and no question. One was a pro-life event, and that goes against our values. We didn't want to be a part of that event, so we politely declined. Mm -hmm. And another was for Playboy. And that didn't align with our brand. We had a a very corporate friendly, family friendly brand because we did a lot of corporate events. And we decided that the Playboy image didn't align with our brand. So just like a tangible example of how how that helped us decide how our why could inform whether or not to take a job. And before we move on, there's one other thing this brings up is if you're a little woo woo, you will be cool with this. Um, And if you're not, you can maybe just tune out for a little bit. But uh, years ago, years ago, (laughs) I went to massage school. And the school I went to had a major emphasis on body mind connection. And one of the things I learned that has many things, you know, have stayed with me over the years, but one that was really powerful was they connected the psoas muscle with our core beliefs in life. 
And the reason I bring that up in this context is sometimes when my psoas is like spasming or just like has a dull throbbing or just like really tight or there's a lot of pain, sometimes it's telling me that perhaps what I'm doing is not in alignment with my why. It's not in alignment with my core values or my core beliefs. Like there's just a little mind-body connection there with your psoas muscle and your your bigger picture or your, your deeper beliefs. Yeah, it can be holistic. You're talking about mind-body connection and it can be a mental or psychological connection as well. Like for some people, you know, you're, if your psoas is tight and that's related to your core beliefs, then like there could be a mental or psychological manifestation. For me, when I have those moments, and I'm not talking about a little bit of nervousness, I'm talking about like deep anxiety. I'm talking about deep deep emotion, mm. then that is something mm. that's telling me I need to go deeper. Mm. And and that's usually connected to my why, my purpose. Mm-hmm. Why am I doing what I'm what I'm doing if I feel this badly? You right. know, like, is that really in alignment? I don't think it is when you feel it on a deep, even literally visceral level. Mm. So all of that to say that your why, your purpose, it can mean something different to everyone. It will manifest in different ways in our lives. So there's no end-all be-all. There's no one path that everybody's on. And that can make it seem like it's hard to figure out, right? Because you've got your path. I've got my path. Everybody on this planet has their own path that they're on. And that then leads me to this point of with so many people on the planet and, you know, everybody's unique experience, you know, how can you tap into your why? We're all different people. Well, and not only is like, how, how do we tap into our why? But also, I'll be honest, like we're all really busy. Mm. And this can feel like unnecessary, trivial work. Like we're about to give you some tangible steps of like how to, you know, find your why or workshop it. And sometimes I'm guilty of this myself. I just want someone else to tell me what to do. Mm. You know, I want someone to tell me, do this, do that here. Here are my proven steps to succeed at this. You know, like that's such a a marketing thing now of because we're all really busy to like try to have to invent your own steps to do everything is like we're tired. But I really do feel like you find can find the most profound change when you do take some time to reflect and, and, and excavate on your why. Yeah. So speaking of excavating, um, some of you, many of you, I imagine may have heard of a book called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And I did her book, oh, probably 20, 20 plus years. I'll say that. I don't know how many years ago. <laughs> but one of the staples is something she calls morning pages. And it's about first thing in the morning when you wake up, just spending time writing, like free writing, getting your thoughts out on paper and doing at least three pages. And the book was written before social media. I don't know if she's done updates on it, but I'll add to it in case she doesn't say it. Do this before face scrolling, you know, like don't lay in bed and pick up your phone and open email or go on the social media apps or read the news app. Or again, don't try to take in other people's thoughts first. If you can discipline yourself, or maybe you got this already, but if it's hard for you, just I really invite you to discipline yourself so that when you wake up, whether you go on a walk first and then write, that's cool. But don't take in other people's thoughts first. Really sit down and get three pages worth of free writing. And that's how you can start to hear 
the inklings of what's going on inside that can lead you to these bigger questions of what is your why. And so you said free writing, like this could literally be about anything. Today I am tired and I don't know what to say, but I'm keep on writing because I'm committed to writing. Because when I do write, I start to find joy. And oh, look at that lizard over there. That reminds me of that time that I did that show in Puerto Rico. And wow, I'd love to go back to Puerto Rico. How can I make that happen? Look at that. Right there, I realized, oh, I got all lit up and my heart got all tingly and my eyes got watery when I said Puerto Rico. That's like a magical spot for me. I want to go back to Puerto Rico. I want to make that happen, right? So that's as simple as your journaling can be. And then now you've uncovered something that's important to you that you didn't know when you were busy looking at social media. And I know for me, I'm so resistant to doing things in the morning. I'm not a morning person. Uh, and I, yes, I can attest to that. <laughs> I I would love it for myself if I could just find the wherewithal. Because, I mean, that really does sound easy when you when you line it out like that. I don't know why it's so hard for me. I don't know. And, and an exercise that's worked for me, I'll give you a little bit of a different one and a little story to go along with it. So th- this one was really interesting and also difficult just because of where I was at in my life. But I was at the end of my junior year in college and I was just like completely falling apart. I mean, I was having this existential, what am I doing with my life? Which I think is probably pretty normal for most Mm -hmm. 20, however old I was, 20 years old. Everything is before you. How do you even know what to do? And I was so burned out and I was like contemplating dropping out of school and traveling and I had a really great friend at the time who was also a mentor they were older than I was and I could just see the worry and there were lots of discussions that we had about like are you okay how are you doing and you know this person my mentor really just wanted me to succeed and what happened was I was given this exercise and it was so simple but it just like was dumbfounding in a way because the exercise was to take out a piece of paper just a note piece of notebook paper and draw a window and that window has four panes right so you basically just make a kind of like a cross in the middle of it Mm -hmm. and then my exercise was to just draw what I wanted in my life there was not even any time period necessarily attached to this you know in a year in five years in 10 years whatever spoke to me just draw what I wanted to see in my life And it was so funny in the moment. I was just laughing because I couldn't even do this. I was so caught up in living other people's Mm. expectations of, you know, what I should be doing, who I should be, Mm. where I should live, you know, what kind of job I should have when I got out of school that I was so full of other people's stories Mm -hmm. that I literally couldn't even do this exercise. So Mm -hmm. that was a difficult moment, obviously, but what it really did help do was kind of set me on this course of, okay, well, now I do need to figure out Mm. where I'm going and where I'm heading. And and I feel like I should be able to at least draw like four things that I want to see in my life. Just starting to imagine was a really powerful experience and kickstarted me on this journey of discovery, so to speak. Well, and I love that it's a window because it's like also kind of like psychological of this is you on the inside and you're looking out through the window and what's on the other side that's just out of reach or, you know, like I just the the concept of rather than just pull out your paper and draw the things, the fact that you're drawing them like you're looking through the window pane and they're on the other side. I I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's totally purposeful in that sense of like you're looking into your life. 
Well, I want to I want to share some of the actual like questions that we've used. Some of these are from our actual exercises we use in our membership with our members. But also, so you can either write these questions, like we mentioned, like morning pages, you can sometimes after you've done that, then you can give yourself questions to just answer mm. those questions in free writing. But also sometimes we used to do these drills with each other where you set a timer for five minutes. And let's say I would ask one of these questions to Brock. And then Brock would just freestyle speak to me, answering that question for five minutes. And I would take notes on what stands out. And then after the five minutes was up, the time would go off. And then I would read back to Brock, reflect back what her words were, what her thoughts were. And that's really powerful too. Sometimes just speaking to someone else and letting them be your mirror. So if you have a partner, you can partner up and do some of these exercises too. That's really cool. Or just write yourself. But you can ask questions like, if you were to achieve all of your goals, what does your dream circus life look like? Do you have that vision through the window pane, right? What is it? What does it look like? If you could have it any way that you want, like if you could wave a magic wand and have it any way that you want, what does that look like? And then you can also ask questions and, and write about like, what do you stand for? What do you stand for in the world? What do you believe in? What drives you? What would you stand up for? when you're needed, you know, mm. to fight for. And then another one that's really surprising for me that that sometimes is easier than all these like big questions is what are you not? Mm. Right? Because it, sometimes it's easier to say what you're not than what you are, you know? So like, what do you not believe in? What do you not want to do? What what do you not feel called to? What do you not want your life to look like? You know, someone might be like, I don't want corporate nine to five. I don't want a mansion. I don't want, you know, like if it's easier for you to start the things you don't want, then you can start with that. Oh, that's a really good point. It's like kind of like process of elimination. So if you're having trouble, like that probably would have been good for me <laughs> mm. in my window exercise to talk about the things that I didn't want, because I was probably more clear on that truthfully than I was about envisioning forward. So that's a really great kind of reverse engineering there of that. And it made me think of too, another thing that you and I've been doing that's actually really helpful is if you don't have a partner to do this kind of like soundboard style with, or if you don't want to write, you can also do voice memos like mm. on our phones. We do that right. a lot. So we'll just ask ourselves a question and then we'll just record ourselves talking. And Eileen does this when she's on her walks and I did it today in the car. So that's another way that you can use this as well. Yeah. And, and then like another question you can ask that I love is what energy or emotion do you want your audience to feel when they watch you perform? Like this gets back to that transformation that we were talking about earlier. Like sometimes your why is focused on you. Like why are you performing? But if you're performing and there's an audience, what do you want them to experience? Mm. How can you put that into words? Right. And then even just thinking about like, where do you like performing? Yeah, there's so many different types of performing like some uh, some people are really clear. I want to do small, intimate shows in the round in a small you know, tent or some are like, I want to do 10,000 people EDM festivals and none of it's right and none of it's wrong. It's just knowing for you when you close your eyes and you imagine yourself performing and you're like you're on top of the world. What does it look like? Can you describe your surroundings? And then also getting back to. Why did you start performing? Yeah, that's a big one. You might have started learning the skills and the techniques for one reason, but then transitioning into performing for an audience, to me, 
sometimes those are two different things. I started dancing because my best friend Lizzie B started taking class and I wanted to, you know. And then why did I start performing? Well, at first, for me, honestly, it was like I loved the the challenge of perfecting something, learning these steps, memorizing them, and then being able to get it right. But then as I got older, it's like, well, I can do that on my own too. Like, why am I in front of an audience? And that's when I loved having eye contact with people and just finding ways of seeing them light up. And, you know, then I started to understand what was important to me about the audience. Yeah. And then if you're like really, really, really stuck on this, sometimes you might not be able to see this, but other people can see it. Yeah. So you can ask people around you that you work with, that you perform with. And, you know, this is like a typical branding exercise, but it it can have a lot of power when the people around you reflect back who they see you as. So you can ask them, like, what are three adjectives that you would use to describe my performances? Because they might be able to see you better than you can see yourself. If you're having a hard time with this free writing and, you know, getting into these bigger concepts, feel free to ask other people. So those are just some questions. I'm sure once you get rocking and rolling with this, you can think of your own. But the goal is just to ask yourself questions like this on a regular basis and see where that journey takes you. And I, I'm just going to reiterate the point that you said early on when you are talking about morning pages, that doing that from your own place of knowing, mm-hmm. coming at these questions from your soul, spending time with that before you turn on the TV or go to social media so that you're starting from your own place of knowing. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I don't want to spend too long on this. This may be a future episode, but be careful on social media comparing yourself to others. Right. Somebody might get the job. They may be living what their definition of success is. And just remember, your version of success and fulfillment might look different. It's not about having the Instagrammable moment. It's about finding fulfillment and like, cool, if then you can find a way to take those photos and share that on Instagram. I'm not saying don't share your life, but this is another way to really start to filter the spiral that social media can take you in of trying to compare yourself to others is also you might think that you need to have the same success that other people have. Oh, that's a really good point. That can be a common pitfall when people start to compare. Yeah. They take on another person's path and they make that a statement on their own value. Or feel less than if what you're doing looks different. Like how, how I had that whole like year or two years where I was like, I can't dance because my version of success was different than what most people around me were going for. Yeah. And, you know, you just mentioned something about what people put on social media. And I think this is a great point now to talk about, like, once you start to figure these things out about yourself, how do you start to share them with the world? How do you use this sense of purpose, Mm. the drive that you have, who you are and what you're going for? How do you use that? Mm. How can you put that out into the world? I love it because now you're going to we're going to flip what I just said about Instagram. But the obvious place with all of this work is these are some of the exercises that we actually take our members through in the green room of how to find your mission, your vision, your values or your artist statement. Because when you take the time and write these things out, this is material you're going to need to have on your website. You're going to want to have a condensed version of this in your resume or cover letter. So you might as well figure it out in a non-pressured timeline and time frame when you're more like exploring the thoughts so that when you do need to go make the website, when you do need to 
write your bio on social media, you've already got some of your own personal words. You're not trying to copy someone else's words, right? Yeah. And then this also can become like an idea bank for your content creation on Instagram. So that's why I'm laughing. Like we just told you don't compare yourself to someone else because you know what? They might be telling their why on social media, right? And so you can't copy their why. This will help you find that quote, authentic content, right? It's real and I'm not mocking it. It's just, let's talk about how to really find it. So all of this writing, all of this self-discovery is gonna be parts of your social media content as well. This can be on your website, your bio or about page. This also bigger picture is gonna be in your marketing strategy. What we talk about is your unique value proposition. Mm. Because if there's a lot of people applying for the same job, even a lot of rope artists applying for the same job, if you can communicate through your materials why you're different, and maybe part of that is your why, right? If you can communicate that, that helps you stand out and win more work. Yeah, and I think that what you just said is really powerful because when you start to put yourself out there and when you start to express your why, you stop comparing yourself Mm. to other people on social media. You stop comparing yourself in general because you're living Mm. your purpose. You know it, you're proud of it, you own it, yeah. Yeah, to me, that's what this is all about is like putting it out there so that you can live it and not being afraid to share it. And you're right, people will be attracted to that or they'll know if you're a good fit. Like if you stand for racial justice and that's important to you, there may be a project that is specifically focused on that Mm -hmm. that would be an awesome fit for you. And they know that right off the bat. They don't have to ask a ton of questions. It's right there on your resume or your cover letter. It's it's in your social media. Like people know what you're about. And so that attracts the people who are interested in you and and who value the same thing. Yeah. And the people who don't, again, nothing against them. But now, you know, and you don't have to have conversations with people Mm. who aren't in alignment with you. There's so much I want to say here. That's why I like took this deep breath. But I, I it's like it's really big because it, it's also to me important to state your values because we have to change and we we are the ones that help to create that change. You know, that's something that's beautiful about the millennial generation is that sometimes like my generation was afraid to state our values, I think, or if we did, we were like anarchists or rebels or whatever. And now it's more mainstream to say, no, these things matter. And I'm going to support businesses and I'm going to support companies that reflect my values. And this needs to happen in circus. It does. We've talked about this through representation and through casting choices and through storytelling. And there needs to be more diversity and it has to be an effort. And I feel like the more that each individual says and proclaims this is important to me, the more that the overarching organizations will start to hear it. It's got to come from every angle. We can't wait for it to come top down. Like we have to be voicing these and expressing these values. Yes, I think that's true for just about any change that the world needs, Mm. like whether it's you know, dealing with climate change, or if it's like LGBTQIA advocacy, criminal justice, I mean, all of that's going to come from us, the people. I mean, we're getting really 
kind of like big picture here, but I think it's true. You know, our mission and our purpose can be infused in what we do and it's okay to bring that into circus. Yeah. And it's okay to bring that into your professional life. Yeah. And I think what that does, just to reiterate that point again, is it helps build that connection, that personal connection. And to speak to you saying that change doesn't come top down, it comes from bottom up. It's like we all have to be connected. We have to be making those connections to make that change happen. So when you put yourself out there, when you say what you're about, then another person has the opportunity to connect with you and relate with you. And they can say, I like that person. I like what they're about. I understand who is behind the performance. And to me, that is just a whole Mm. other point of being able to have a relationship grow from that. I think it's possible. I want to repeat what you just said to knowing the person behind the performance, because we actually talked about this with pricing too. I'm not going to go back and continue talking about (laughs) pricing again. That's why I'm laughing. But Sometimes if you're in a place where you're having to like stand up for your your pay rates or your you know we talked about how to protect the market so that the people that are hiring you understand there's a person behind that performance it's not just oh this is the cost to have this performance like this fee goes to support a human being in their life and maybe you have a family and you know all the parts of your story of who you are that person that's purchasing that entertainment from you, if they can understand that you're a person that they're helping, I don't want to say they're helping support you, but it it just like helps justify the price. It's one of many ways to help justify the price is when you can put a person and a story behind that performance. So I love that you said that. Yeah. And I'm thinking about how this kind of ties in with the unique value proposition as well, is that that can also be a unique thing about you is you state your values Hopefully more people do that. So it's not so unique, but it seems like that's just now becoming a bigger thing that people are doing. And you're right. A a lot of the millennial generation is driving this, but I see it now. I see it in even the choices that we make. We have been actively looking at ways that we can purchase products. So this is outside of our business. This is in our personal life. We want to make sure that we're supporting BIPOC-owned companies in our day-to-day life. And, and that can be with our tea. It can be with our beauty products. But like for me, where this really came up and it was so exciting was that I actually found a coffee company. Mm. I, we had found this coffee, Mayorga Coffee, at Costco. And I was like, who is this company? What are they about? And I actually went and looked them up on the internet. And they were a BIPOC business. But even more like my personal connection to that was that when I started looking at the people who were a part of their team, they were so not what you typically see on like a corporate Mm -hmm. page, which Mm -hmm. is normally old white Mm -hmm. men, right? There were people of color on there. There are even people that look like me, like their Mm -hmm. CEO is a queer woman. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, wow, I don't know that I've ever seen a CEO on a corporate page like that, who literally look Mm. like me, Mm. you know? And so they have a fan for life right there just Mm -hmm. because of that. So that's the power that this can bring in building that, that connection. So any casting directors out there, if you're listening to this, I don't know about you, but I just got teary eyed when I heard Brock say how moved she was when she saw a CEO that looked like her. 
So having people in your performance and on stage that represent all the different ways that we look and exist and on, on this planet, like let's not all look the same. Okay. People will flock to you more and support you more if when they go to see a circus show, they can see someone on stage that looks like them, that reflects who they are. So that's a side note there, but I just had to throw that in. Woo, this is all big and deep. Well, it's important, you know, and that's why we wanted to do this episode on this because sometimes we get all busy in the rhinestones and the fishnets and the eyelashes and the tricks and the, the pricing and the proposals and the marketing and all these other things. But why are you doing this? Because this is something you can fall back on when times get tough. You know, like if you don't get the opportunity, if you don't get yeah. a job, remembering your why, your why doesn't change. You are still you, whether or not you get the job. And having that remembrance, having that as your foundation will help you be like, okay, cool. Well, I'm going to find a better opportunity that allows me to deliver my why or be my why even more. That clearly wasn't the right fit or the right timing. So we've talked about a lot and we've probably yep. gone way over our normal episode length. So I'm just going to recap this just to uh, keep it all top of mind for you. So just a reminder that if you're starting something new, you're making a change, you're making a pivot. Or even if you're just taking a pause to reevaluate where mm -hmm. you are and what you're doing, your why is an integral part of all of that. So that can be a great place to start in setting your new direction. And then you can find your why by going big picture and thinking about what drives you, where you're headed, and what you stand for. We've given you lots of great exercises that you can use to look both internally Mm-hmm deep personal reflection, or have other people help you by being a sounding board. And then lastly, don't forget that you can absolutely put your why out there hmm. to help you find connections and draw opportunities that align with you and what you want to be doing in the world. Yeah, I like that magnetic. Mm -hmm. Magnetic manifestation, attract what you want. You got to declare it, right? You got to declare your why and declare your mission and declare your purpose that just gets you one step closer to making it a reality. Right. And if you need a little encouragement and motivation, then Brock and Eileen hereby grant you permission mm. to do some soul searching and be real. Take a moment to think about what do you want to be doing with your life? And I hope that you've gotten some nuggets out of this. And if you want to share any of the insights, you know, from these questions, Please share them with us because we hope that we're not just talking to each other <laughs> through this microphone. We hope <laughs> it's so weird, like with social media and with all of these other formats, we get more interaction than you do on podcasts. So, you know, hit us up over on uh, Instagram, Circus Boss Official, if you have thoughts, if this, you know, motivated you or inspired you, or feel free to even write a review because we really want to know is all of this touching you? Are we hitting the mark? Are we. Are we inspiring you or are we just talking to each other and having fun? 